Thank you for listening to this episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. If you'd like to listen to bonus episodes, go sign up to the Patreon. That's patreon.com. Clom. Ah, we fucked it. Anyway, you'll look, you'll find a way. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plushcare plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I have done a lot of thinking this week. Strong. And one thought has led to another. And has led to another. And has led to another. And then I've started researching the things I'm thinking about. And then the research has led to more thinking and more research. And what has basically happened is over the last seven days since last we spoke... I have gone on a train of thought that's going to seem a little esoteric, but I'm just going to tell you the end result, okay? I'm coming to Canada. I I don't 100% know all the steps that got me there, but if I know one thing now, it's that I'm coming to Canada. I think my thinking went like this, although I don't really know the beginning of the thinking. And I know this is meant to be a podcast about me trying to earn $500,000 to buy a boat. And I know last week I spoke about how I was just going to have viral stand-up comedy to that end. Listen, there's been a lot of thinking done between then and now. Also, I possibly have the novel coronavirus, which is a wry irony given that the bit of stand-up comedy I did about uh, not liking the vaccine. Anyway, whatever. Whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. If this is an insane, feverish thought, then let it be thus. I'm coming to Canada. My intention is to come to America later in the year. Uh, That has been my intention for some time. 
Because let me tell you, the number one thing that I've done for this podcast and its growth and my journey to boat ownership was that trip to America. We got all these wonderful American fans, and I love my American fans, and we make a sizable fiduciary uh, uh, ascension. We get, we get a lot of money from American fans on the Patreon, and we're happy to have it, and that money goes towards me having a boat and the journey, so I've got to go back to America. But as good as it's going to be for the podcast and the money to have a boat to go to America, I actually can't, I can't afford to go to America and not have any money while I'm there. Now, usually when I travel around Australia, that's fine. I just do a stand-up comedy show and I take their money. But in America, they have this visa situation. It's like $15,000 and all these bureaucrats have to sign off. So while I can go to America on holiday and I can do free shows and I can meet people, I can go on podcasts and all these things, I can't make any money back doing shows. That's where Canada comes into the equation. In Canada, you can. I could just do shows in Canada. I can go to America, do all the podcasts, have a great time, meet all the people, grow the listenership, make a good career uh, in roads. What's a headwind? I'm sorry, I, I think I do have the novel coronavirus. I'm not thinking well here, but you understand what I'm trying to say. And then just on the end of the trip, pop into Canada. And do a show to my Canadian fans, grab that money to have paid for the whole thing, and then fly back. You see what I mean? There's business, pleasure, business. Do you understand? So my goal then, if I'm going to make this work, just a man fucking looking at me there. Man almost came off his, uh, let's just hit that, that lock button there. So I'm just sitting in the Volvo and um, two people on bicycles have just ridden past and I've never seen two people look less comfortable on bicycles in my entire life. Their knees are out the wrong way. It's like it's like two grown-ups on crappy mountain bikes with weird helmets trying to teach each other how to ride bicycles. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And they were staring at me like I was the crazy person. You're the grown-ups who don't know how to ride a bicycle. So my plan, now that I've returned, so that my plan now is to build up a following in one Canadian town. If we build up followings in many Canadian towns, fine. But what we need is one Canadian town with roughly 100 people. That would pay for my return flights if I could do a show to roughly 100 Canadian people in one area. It's no good for me having 100 Canadian fans spread out over the whole country and do, you know, because then I can't just do a show and have them all come. I have to target my following. So at the moment, I have, uh, in terms of the only way that I know how many fans I have in a place reliably is this podcast. And I have 10 Canadian listeners spread out across eight Canadian uh, cities or towns, some of them. So what I'm going to start doing. Each week, I'm going to pick a different Canadian town where I have listeners, and we're going to see if we can grow that. And then as a competition, uh, the first one to have 100 listeners in a certain Canadian town, I will come and book a show and do a show there. So the first one, uh, I've done it sort of reverse alphabetical, was a place called White Horse. I had a listener in White Horse, and I've just done a whole lot of reading and research about Whitehorse. Basically, 
That's all I've done for the last three days is read about white horse and white horse related uh, things and uh, write to white horse related personages. So if you're my white horse listener, hello. It's wonderful to be speaking to you. Uh, there Now I've since noticed that I also have a Winnipeg listener and Winnipeg should come before white horse. But I didn't see that, so I'll do Winnipeg in the future. But this week it's Whitehorse. Hello, Whitehorse listener. Whitehorse is in the Yukon. This is a northern Canadian province, territory, state. I'm, I'm not sure. And it's next to Alaska, and it's on the Yukon River. Whitehorse. It's about 30,000 people. And one of the first things I did in my Whitehorse learning about journey, if that's how we want to phrase it, Man, I I'm so, I would have done this earlier in the week if I'd known I was going to get the coronavirus late in the piece, but I, I have to record it now because I think I'm going to be much worse mentally afterwards. White horse in the Yukon. And I didn't know much about the Yukon except that there used to be a television program there. Yvonne of the Yukon. It was a, a children's cartoon about a Frenchman who didn't wear trousers. And I've tried to find an explanation on Google. As to why this cartoon character had no trousers, often a cartoon character won't have trousers because they're an animal, like Winnie the Pooh or Donald Duck. But Yvonne of the Yukon was a man, and he wore underpants, but it was... There's probably a good explanation, but I haven't found it yet. Okay, anyway, one of the first videos I watched to learn more about Whitehorse was one of these... Uh, it, was, it was called Whitehorse Downtown, or the Downtown of Whitehorse. Whitehorse Downtown. Whitehorse downtown sounds like a disco number. I was is high definition footage that someone's just taken with their camera, like three years ago or so, downtown in the central business district of Whitehorse, for like fifteen minutes, just looking at buildings. And um, it's uh, it's actually a very depressing way to see a town because once you've entered into minute eight of looking at buildings from the outside you start to feel like you should probably go into one of these buildings and it's sort of it feels a little bit like a homelessness simulator it makes me feel like when i when i'm in a city and i have nowhere to go and i'm waiting for the for the gig and i don't have a hotel to go to and i'm incumbent and i'm just walking around you don't know anyone and there's no one there but it, lovely town of whitehorse it looks there's a beautiful river i believe that's the yukon river Named for the Yukon Territory. Is that right? Well, we'll check that. It's a beautiful river. And um, there's a lot of log cabins in downtown Yukon and modernist architecture reminiscent of log cabins, I think, on your library. Or perhaps it was a government center. It's like plastic cladding that's been made to look like log cabins. But so from the outside, it just ah, oh, these people on their fucking bicycles are coming back. They look insane. What do they do? Ah, hold on, hold on. Look, maybe I'm the cra- now that they've gone. Maybe I'm the. Maybe it's more unusual to be recording a podcast in your Volvo on the street about white horse than it is to be learning how to ride a bicycle. Maybe I'm the. Uh, yes, no, they're coming back again. They're just going up and down the same street. Well, that is how you'd learn, isn't it? Just going up and down the same street. I don't know why I've got such a bee in my bonnet. It's because the man is ageless. I can't tell what age he is. He's like somewhere between 18 and 50. And he's with a young woman who's, again, is she a young? She's like somewhere between 12 and 35. They have haggard 
souls and fresh faces and these mountain bikes. This is the disease talking. Let me, they appear to have gone inside a house now. I wish to talk to you about the largest city in Canada, In sorry, in northern Canada, definitely not in Canada, one of the smaller cities if southern Canada is taken into account, Whitehorse. Whitehorse. It has 30,000 people. It's got the world record for the city with the least air pollution in the world. Wow. White horse. Uh, you can get there with the White Pass and Yukon Route narrow gauge railway. So if I do build up a big Yukon fan base in the White Horse, I will either fly in or catch that train in and hit, but I will drive in. But I found out that until 1942, a rail, river and air were the only ways to get to White Horse. There was no road until the U.S. government built a road through it to do with Alaska and uh, the war. But I thought, just how wonderful to live in a town that did you you couldn't get a car there. I loved the sound of that. So it's the beginning. I was looking up sports because I thought, how can I grow in Whitehorse? How can I have more Whitehorse fans other than you, my Whitehorse listener, telling more people about it? Um, so I was looking up sports, and the main thing seemed to be sledding. It's, it hosts the beginning of the Yukon Quest, an annual dog sled race from Whitehorse to Fairbanks, Alaska. And it made me think that, man, there used to be a lot of kids' movies about dog sledding. Like, every six weeks, there'd be a new dog sledding movie coming out or a TV show that featured dog sledding. And nowadays, you know, I see the things that my kids are watching. Dog sledding features almost not at all. I guess that was just as CGI was coming in and there were probably all these dogs that people had trained and then... They had all these dogs, and the, the dog people were going, let us work. Make another movie about sledding, for crying out loud. The big sledders union. But now those dogs are all dead, and I assume there's not as many. If you want to make a dog sledding movie, it probably is a big effort to get it off the ground, rather than having to make the movies to justify the teams of movie sled dogs. Do you know what I'm saying? Who let those dogs out? Who? So there's a Yukon Comedy Festival. And that doesn't seem to have happened in a few years. But I wrote a text message to the one comedian in Yukon. <laughs> now, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of comedians, but there's like one guy who seems to be putting on shows. And his name is Steve. And so I wrote to Steve on WhatsApp. And I said, Dear Steve. I'm a comedian and podcaster in Adelaide, South Australia. Recently, I've noticed that I have some Canadian listeners to my show. Of my show, I should have written. And one of them is in Whitehorse. From my research, it appears you are the top comedy producer and comedian in all of the Yukon. I'm interested in growing my listenership in Whitehorse and potentially coming to do a show later in the year. If you have any ideas about how I might grow a listenership in there... Brackets, bars that I could have posters put up at, newspapers or radio to talk to. I'd be very interested. If you have time, I'd love to have you on the pod to talk about this. For reference, it's called the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. Best and good luck with the upcoming shows. James Donald Forbes McCann. As at time of broadcast, Steve. Yet to get back to me. But Steve, if you're listening, hello. Uh, So I sent him a text. And then I thought, well, could I get onto one of their star sports athletes and interview them? If there's one thing I know about small towns, they're very, very interested in sport. And uh, sadly, Whitehorse doesn't appear to have a sports team. They have had a couple of sports teams. They've closed down for various reasons, as far as I can tell. 
So what I did is I found the most famous athlete to come from Whitehorse. He's a hockey player named Dylan Cousins. Cousins. And he's much beloved in the Yukon newspapers. So I wrote, Hi Dylan, I'm a comedian from Adelaide, Australia, and I'm planning a tour to a Whitehorse. You can see the feverish train of thought has gone from, I think in that first one, saying I'm thinking about booking a show and it's now become I'm coming I'm coming to Whitehorse and I hope I do get to come to Whitehorse uh, as far as I can tell you are the most successful and beloved person ever to come from Whitehorse or indeed anywhere in the greater Yukon area as far as I can tell that is true he's got over 50,000 followers and when I was looking up famous people from Whitehorse overwhelmingly they were just politicians in Whitehorse this is on the Wikipedia page of people from Yukon it's the politicians in Yukon. That doesn't count. Everywhere has to have politicians. So it's not of note. You have to... Do you know what I mean? But Dylan Cousins, he seems to be the real deal. He's a very good ice hockey player. And he plays for Buffalo. So, Dylan, it would be an honor... This is the message I wrote. An honor to interview you if you ever have the time. Helping... I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm here to win the hearts and minds of the good people of Whitehorse by association. I see no reason to lie. I, Dylan, I, I want the clout and I want to grow in Whitehorse because people want to hear you. And by very osmosis, I'll be nearby. A little about me. My name is James Donald Wolfgang. The podcast is called James Donald Wolfgang Canberra and I'm trying to buy a boat. Hope all is well and that this season is a good one. They were one game away from playoffs last year. Best James. Oh, now Whitehorse is very cold. Is another thing. It appears to be a very, very cold place. It's subarctic, and I know it's cold because the Wikipedia page is trying to pass itself off as not being that cold. They just keep on saying well, Whitehorse is not as cold as other places in the Yukon. All right. Clearly, people in Whitehorse trying to draw uh, tourism dollars, which I am in support of. But it does appear to be very cold. The average temperature is. It was either 0.1 or negative 0.1, but uh, it was basically zero. The average summer temperature is 20 degrees Celsius. The average winter temperature, negative 20 degrees Celsius. There's not a lot of other people other than Dylan who are famous from Whitehorse. Uh, one of them was the actor Victor Jury, who played a carpetbagger in Gone with the Wind. But the big one I saw was Robert William Service. He was a poet. Well, can I bring you some of his poetry? 
Robert Williams Service was is called the Bard of the Yukon, and he wrote a book of poetry that sold really well, but that he wrote very quickly. And other poets thought that he wasn't a real poet. And when I read that, I thought, ah, I feel very, yes, (laughs) I understand. So here's some of one. This is called The Shooting of Dan McGrew. A bunch of the boys were whooping it up in the Malamute saloon. The kid that handles the music box was hitting a jag time tune. Back at the bar in a solo game sat dangerous Dan McGrew. And watching his luck was his lighter love, the lady that's known as Lou. When out of the night, which was 50 below, and into the din and the glare, there stumbled a miner fresh from the creeks, dog dirty and loaded for bear. He looked like a man with a foot in the grave and scarcely the strength of louse. Yet he tilted a poke of dust on the bar and he called for drinks for the house. There was none who could place the stranger's face, though we searched ourselves for a clue. But we drank his health, and the last to drink was dangerous Dan McGrew. There's men that somehow just grip your eyes and hold them hard like a spell. And such was he, and he looked like me, like a man who had lived in hell, with a face most hair. (laughs) Sorry. Ah. With a face most hair and the dreary stare of a dog whose day is done. As he watered the green stuff in his glass and the drops fell one by one, then I got to figuring who he was and wondering what he'd do. And I turned my head and there watching him was the lady that's known as Lou. Like, okay, I can see how people thought this wasn't good poetry, but I love it. And I can see why the people bought it. This is the real Volkish poetry. I'm going to keep reading it. His eyes went rubbering round the room, and he seemed in a kind of daze, till at last that old piano fell in the way of his wandering gaze. The The ragtime kid was having a drink. There was no one else on the stool. So the stranger stumbles across the room and flops down there like a fool. In a buckskin shirt that was glazed with dirt, he sat and I saw him sway. Then he clutched the keys with his talon hands. My God, but that man could play. A little backstory on this. I believe the poet wrote it in a single night. (laughs) Were you ever out? Here, by the way, the poem takes a turn, and I think it it really takes flight. Here we go. Were you ever out in the great alone when the moon was awful clear and the icy mountains hemmed you in with a silence you most could hear with only the howl of a timber wolf and you camped there in the cold, a half-dead thing in a stark-dead world, clean mad for the muck-cold gold? That's a good line of poetry. I don't care who you are. A half-dead thing in a stark-dead world, clean mad for the muck-called gold. While high overhead, green, yellow and red, the north lights swept in bars. Then you've a hunch what the music meant. Hunger and night and the stars. I've never been out in the great alone when the moon was awful clear and the icy mountains hemmed you in with the signs you most could hear. With only the hell of a timber wolf and you camped there in the cold, a half-dead thing in a stark-dead world, clean mad for the muck-called gold. I've never had that happen, but I know exactly what he's talking about. And hunger 
Sorry, here, what do we say? Oh, hunger and night and the stars. Here we go. And hunger not of the belly kind that's banished with bacon and beans, but the gnawing hunger of lonely men for a home and all that it means, for a fireside far from the cares that are, four walls and a roof above, but oh, so cramful of cosy joy and crowned with a woman's love, a woman dearer than all the world and true as heaven is true, God, how ghastly she looks through her rouge, that lady that's known as Lou. There's not much more left, but I, I am fading fast. I do not have the energy. I've got to get to the end of this poem. I've got to get to the end of this poem. It's such a beautiful poem. And I never would have found out about it if I didn't have a Whitehorse listener. And I wasn't planning a trip to Whitehorse, please. Then on a sudden the music changed so soft that you scarce could hear. But you felt that your life had been looted clean of all that it once held dear. That someone had stolen the woman you loved. That her love was a devil's lie. That your guts were gone and the best for you was to crawl away and die. Twas the crowning cry of a heart's despair and it thrilled you through and through. I'll guess I'll make it a spread, Mazir, said Dangerous Dan McGrew. Mazir, M-I-S-E-R-E, not sure. The music almost died away. Then it burst like a pent-up flood. And it seemed to say, repay, repay. And my eyes were blind with blood. The <laughs> I love it, man. If it's written like this on purpose, this is terrific. But it's hard to tell. I'll need to read more of his poems. But uh, my eyes were blind with blood. The thought came back of an ancient wrong, and it stung like a frozen lash. And the lust awoke to kill, to kill. Then the music stopped with a crash. And the stranger turned, and his eyes they burned in a most peculiar way. In a buckskin shirt that was glazed with dirt, he sat, and I saw him sway. Then his lips went in, in a kind of grin, and he spoke, and his voice was calm. And boys, says he, you don't know me, and none of you here care a damn. But I want to state, and my words are straight, and I'll bet my poke they're true that one of you is a hound of hell, and that one is Dan McGrew. Then I ducked my head, and the lights went out, and two guns blazed in the dark, and a woman screamed, and the lights went up, and two men lay stiff and stark, pitched on his head and pumped full of lead, was dangerous Dan McGrew, while the man from the creeks lay clutched to the breast of the lady that's known as Lou. These are the simple facts of the case. And I guess I ought to know. They say the stranger was crazed with hooch. And I'm not denying it's so. I'm not so wise as the lawyer guys. But strictly between us two. The woman that kissed him and pinched his poke. Was the lady that's known as Lou. And I did have to look up what has pinched his poke means. And that means I think so. he was a gold prospector and he had some gold on him. And the lady who's known as Lou stole his gold. Fickle, fickle woman. So that was, I think that was written in like 1907, The Shooting of Dan McGrew. And that was by um, Robert William Service, part of the Yukon. And I think all of his poems are sort of like that. Just long verse 
dog rule. People accused it of being dog rule. And it is dog rule in terms of not quite fitting the meter that it's meant to and obviously being a first draft. But I loved it. And I hope you loved it too. Oh, now he, here's another. See, this is what I mean. I just got into a big, oh, the research. It's been a lot of research on Whitehorse. And uh, specifically, after that point, the Bard of Yukon, Robert Williams Service, because that poem really affected me. And hunger that's not of the <laughs> belly kind. Is that what it was? Hunger that's not of the belly kind that's banished with bacon and beans. I want to get that again. Hold on. Hunger and hunger and hunger. What was it? And hunger not of the belly kind that's banished with... I've got hunger of the belly kind. Banish it with bacon and beans. But the one I thought was really great was that uh, a half-dead thing in a stark-dead world clean mad for the mark called gold. A half-dead thing in a stark-dead world. I'm taking a half-dead thing in a stark-dead world. A half-dead thing in a stark-dead world. I love it. Um, So he submitted that poem uh, first to the newspaper that they had at the time there, which was called the White Horse Star. And it's an independent newspaper, and it's still going to this day. It's mighty impressive. So I'm going to... I have a poem that's not dissimilar to that one. It's called The Ballad of Jean-Baptiste. And I'm going to submit that to the White Horse Star. And if they won't publish it, I'll buy an ad. It's not a huge newspaper. I mean, it's again, it's a town of 30,000 people. How much can it cost to take out an ad? And I will have my poem published in the White Horse Star, The Ballad of Jean-Baptiste. With informa- I have a QR code for this podcast. And maybe we can grow like that. So I'm going to get... I haven't written that letter yet, but I'll write to them this week. And my goodness, I've been reading a lot of the stories in the White Horse Star. Here's some recent stories. Massive ice chunks have invaded town site. The extent of damage to the historic site of 40 Mile cannot be determined until crews are able to get into the area to make an assessment, a Yukon government spokeswoman said today. So they just had huge pieces of ice. It was like 10 metres by 3 metres, huge shards of ice. A jam broke, which must be like a more delicious kind of dam. And it's invaded that town site. How about that? And then here's another story. Become ready for potential potential emergency. City tells residents. The city of Whitehorse is encouraging residents to be prepared in the event of a large-scale emergency, specifically wildfire. So look at that. You've got to watch out for huge pieces of ice running you down in the street and wildfire. How's that for a song of ice and fire? Only it's good. And then there was stories about Dylan Cousins, and that's how I found about him. Uh, I, I, I feel very positive about our growth into Canada and Whitehorse. All very positive. It's all very positive. Oh, the hunger. It's not of the belly kind. I, I'm going to have a lie down because I feel quite feverish. Now it's time for the whip. Here's Jake Ford with the whip around from Melbourne. So, Alex, have you heard of the James Donald Forbes from Can Catamaran plant? I have not. I don't know who that is, but good luck to him, I guess. I do love a good catamaran. They go hard. Um, why do you ask? <laughs> they are hard. They do go hard indeed. Um, and if you want your own catamaran experience, go to Spotify and find the James Donald Forbes McCann catamaran plan. Uh, you can also find a link to his Patreon and become one of the uh, sailing club members. Thank you very much, Jake Ford. That is the end of the show for this week. If you'd like to be featured on the Whip Around, tell someone about the podcast and send through that audio uh, on the email or find me on the internet. You, you find a way.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.